friends, welcome to the Bible Project Daily Podcast. And we're about to launch off together on a new chapter, Genesis chapter 21, when we're looking at the continuing story of Abraham. And we're reaching one of the key scriptures of the events in the life of Abraham. Now, I've called today's, or this section that we're going to be doing, looking at this first part of Genesis chapter 1, I'm giving an overall title to it as Keeping a Promise. And what I'd like to consider as we approach this text, what it means and what it means in the biblical context. But reflecting on my life and looking back, in 1989, my then wife-to-be and myself, we were going out together as a boyfriend and girlfriend, and we'd been doing that for a while. Now, several times, particularly during the recent days, I had told her clearly that I loved her and she had told me that she loved me. I knew I wanted to marry her. Also, I believe that she probably wanted to be married to me. It was sort of becoming understood between us that we would spend the rest of our lives together, which would mean getting married and someday maybe even having a family. Then one night we went out to the cinema and there was nothing unusual about that. We'd gone to the cinema together many times before. But on that occasion, afterwards, I paused and I looked her full in the face and I asked her, I said to her, will you marry me? We loved each other. We wanted to be together. And even though it was unsaid at the time, I knew I wanted us to be together with the rest of my life. And she was the woman I wanted to have a family with. So I offered a promise that day, a promise to love and cherish her no matter what the future held. And she said for the first time that she would marry me. The promise was made that night, but it only became real in a sense about 10 months later when we stood together in the church and promised before God and both our families that we would both willingly embrace that engagement promise we had made to each other that day some months previously. Now, I tell you that story because, in a sense, I believe God did something similar when he made a promise to Abraham, uh, a promise that would, by nature, similar to the promise that he still makes every believer who comes to him in faith today. But when he does so, and when that promise is offered, what should our response be? And that's what I'd like to think about over the next few podcasts, because this is the experience of no less than what happened to Abraham taken in the overall journey of his life. God, many chapters ago, had made him a promise, but God took a very long time to get around to to fulfilling that promise. So I'm interested in looking at God's promise to Abraham and also Abraham's response to it. As a matter of fact, There's even more to this story than those two things, but we'll unpack that as we move forward together. So we're in chapter 21, and chapter 21 in its entirety contains two very different episodes in the life of Abraham. Now, over the next four or five podcasts, I'm initially going to look at the opening 21 verses, the opening section of 21 where it talks about Abraham and his two sons. And we're going to initially this week or so, we're going to begin by looking at the first son and then later on the second son. So let me just read for you the first seven verses of Genesis chapter 21, which tells us this. 
Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah, and the Lord did what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age. At the very time God had promised him, Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah that, that she bore to him. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah said, God has brought me laughter and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children, yet I have borne him a son in his old age. So what I want to draw out of this and want us particularly to notice today is the passage is telling us that God has finally fulfilled the promise he made to Abraham. Abraham now is in the midst of living this covenant sacrificial life, one characterized by the contract in the promise that he made with God and the idea that he is constantly resetting his life, moving forward, handing those things over to God and then pursuing the greater good by pursuing what he believes is the will of God in his life. And this whole thing is illustrated by his decision to embrace the promise that God has made to him, one which not only called him to go out into the world but which included an heir. Despite his and his wife's very advanced old age. Now, of course, he was sceptical about it, and Sarah was very sceptical about it on a human level. And on that level, I suppose they had every reason to be. But this chapter begins here now with the fulfillment of God's promise given to Abraham, initially way back in chapter 13. Now, I suppose one of the purposes of this story and the great long waiting period is to illustrate the dramatic importance and purpose of this child. Now, when people are young, I think it's particularly true in the modern world, they often seem to regard the possibility of having children as an impediment to their lifestyle or maybe even their career. And if I'm frank with you, I have to admit that I thought that way very much from I was about 18 years to I was sort of in my mid to late 20s. Having a child is the most remarkable thing that you can do in life in terms of a married relationship. And if God blesses you with the ability to do that, you should be thankful for it. And that, in a way, is because you can have a relationship with a child that is different. Some would say better than any other relationship that you can have in your life. But here, in this story, the continual delay of the arrival of, of Isaac I believe God is using to highlight the important significance of any child, but of this child particularly. Because it's truly not until you're deprived of something in a sense that you can have a real feeling, a real sense of how valuable it might be. And Abraham and Sarah were deprived of this child for a very, very long time. So quite naturally, they're unbelievably excited when it happens. And it also will then heighten the drama that is inherent in this story because of what is about to be revealed now. Only because it appears that Abraham will now be called upon to sacrifice Isaac, which would be bad enough in any circumstances, but the fact that he's been waiting for nearly a century and that he's lived a faithful and appropriate life and tried his best to be faithful to God, that dramatically heightens the tension of this story. So Isaac arrives and the promise of God comes to pass. 
But then God seems to be asking something almost unimaginable of Abraham. How in the world are we going to make any sense of the fact that God, God will now call Abraham to sacrifice his son, his only son, Isaac? This is exactly the sort of story that makes modern people reach the view that they think we should leave these biblical stories behind us. And society would be the better for it if we did. Because for many, this story is so challenging, it seems almost incomprehensible. Some might say barbaric for God to act in this way. And I have to be honest, I'm nervous in approaching it. I hesitate to approach it because there are so many ways that an interpretation of this passage can go wrong. But I'm going to try my best and we'll see how it goes. And we'll walk together prayerfully and carefully through it over the next few days. And I hope you can join with me on this very challenging but blessed journey. That's it for today. I'll see you back here very soon on the Daily Bible Project podcast. Goodbye for now.